from, uh, from the Deer Ranch Bureau. Uh, this is our first week of the uh, prep football huddle. I'm Jeff Linder here, Jeff Johnson there, KJ right over here to my lower left, and uh, how away we, we go. Any uh, preliminary thoughts about uh, about what's going on this week as far as uh, uh, week one, JJ? You got uh, you got a big game down at the uh, the big stadium. Yeah, they, that's what they told me. It's a big game. So uh, City High and Liberty uh, at Kinnick, they're going to play a sophomore game prior at, I believe, 5 o'clock, and then varsity whenever, you know, uh, after that, about 7.15, 7.30. So um, as of yesterday, I talked to Philip Hansen, the uh, assistant principal, last year's AD, um, got moved up. Promoted. Congratulations, Mr. Hansen. They had sold 4,000 tickets as of yesterday. Yesterday apparently was a good day as far as uh, ticket sales. They're hoping, you know, hopefully maybe to, to even double that if they can here in the next few days uh, leading up to Friday. Five bucks for students, 10 bucks for uh, adults. And, uh, you know, they're going to see how this one goes. And maybe, and that's a huge question mark maybe this will be something that um you know the iowa city school district will continue with as far as you know kind of rotating west in there uh as well or or uh you know mr hansen even said you know heck if like a clear creek Amanda wants to play maybe it can and maybe this will open the door for for more games let's uh, at kinnick stadium let's put it that way it'd be really neat if they, there'd be a way that they could uh do the uh, city high Ames game game for uh you know that week two game that uh you know that rotates back and forth the day before iowa state be kind of neat if they could do that uh uh, the day before i don't suppose that would work very well in Ames because of um the turf field at uh, jack trice but uh you know that'd be a neat idea too yeah for sure um you know maybe like i said maybe this will just be the start of you know, maybe one or, or multiple games a year at, at, at Kinnick uh, if, if it works out that way. So um, it's all public record. So I can tell you that it was $5,000 to rent the stadium, rent the field. Um, and there was uh, additional costs, uh, like for security per more and, you know, concessions and, and things like that, that uh, still need to kind of be um Cemented, I guess, from what I understand, but, uh, you know, I guess 5,000, that's, that's not a bad deal to play in the big stadium for, for a year, I guess, even if it, you know, might end up costing city high a little bit of money. Cause it was, I think, uh, it's home game. Right. Um, so, but you know, like, uh, like Phil Hansen said, I mean, this is just, uh, this is all about the kids. Um, uh, he figured, I think it was like when it was all said and done 150 of their students, um, whether they be football players uh, at either level or, uh, you know, managers, whatever, band members, uh, that'd be about 150 kids that'll be involved in, uh, you know, in a pretty neat event and in a huge venue. So uh, that's, that's what they're looking at as, as the biggest thing here. It's all about the kids. Well, um, are all the seats, uh, one team on one, uh, uh, one crowd on the uh, west side, one on the east. Are they all going to be on the west, or how is that going to work? Yeah, on all on the west side, they'll have um, you know like a Liberty section and a City High section. So um, 
on there. They're selling tickets online right now. Uh, I believe you can, uh, there will be walk up available uh, as well. So, um, you know, prices are reasonable as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Certainly a lot cheaper than what you'd pay on Saturday to go watch uh, a football game there. Let's put yeah. it that way. <laughs> yeah. uh, will they have access to the locker rooms or will, uh, will they have to dress in their school and then, uh, you know, go back to their locker rooms back in their respective schools? I think that um, there will be some locker room access uh, a little bit there uh, as far as that goes. And um, as far as we're concerned, of course, we're all, we're all about ourselves, right? Uh, it will be, we'll be in the media. It will be in the, in the press box for, you know, website, um, newspaper people. And, uh, obviously photographers will be allowed on the field and, and things like that. So, um, you know, I think there's some unknowns here on how this exactly is going to work, you know, logistically and, and, and everything. But again, I mean, it's, See, I think it's a great idea. Um, they started talking about this, uh, from what I understand, last winter. Um, and there's kind of been a lot of ongoing discussion between, you know, uh, members of the Iowa Athletics Department, specifically Josh Ber Berka. Got to mention him. He, he's kind of been the point guy on this as far as Iowa is concerned. And then, you know, multiple people in, in the City High administration, you know, have obviously have have been involved in this as well to kind of get this hammered out. And, uh, you know, it's great. It'll be great for Liberty too, uh, obviously, uh, you know, cause cross cross city match up here, um, you know, between two burgeoning rivals, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty neat. We'll, uh, you know, we'll see how it all works out, but again, for the kids, uh, I think the kids will get a blast out of it. All right. Uh, KJ, you've got, uh, I think you kick everything off uh, tomorrow. You've got uh, Iowa City West at Kennedy uh, at Kingston Stadium. Um, just any uh, preliminary thoughts about that one? Oh, well, you know, I think uh, this is uh, probably going to be a fun, fun game in the fact that uh, I think Kennedy uh, is going to be one of our better area teams. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see kind of how they're going to be, um, you know, uh, not exactly sure where Iowa City West is really here to start the season, but kind of excited to see uh, kind of how Kennedy gets started. Um, you know, um, it sounds like, uh, you know, they're going to be strong on the defensive side of the ball again. And, you know, it's going to be kind of a similar, uh, you know, kind of Kennedy style team that we're used to, um, you know, uh, they graduated a quarterback that played pretty well for them last year. And uh, just kind of anxious to see one of our, one of our top teams here right out of the gate uh, Thursday night, mm -hmm. um, you know, with uh, coach Brian White and, and the Cougars. Right. Um, one, game, the one game, the one game I, I will say on Thursday night that I think is, probably the marquee matchup uh, that isn't our area, though. Um, we're going to keep an eye on what's happening in Western Iowa with Harlan and Lewis Central. I mean, right right out of the gate, I know they actually, talking to Louis Curtis last week, uh, they actually, I think they moved it to Thursday so they could get a specific officiating crew for that uh, contest. Um, 
obviously, you know, um, in my opinion, top team in 4A, top team in 3A. Um, yeah. You know, two title contenders, two rivals going at it. Um, one thing that is interesting, um, people want to see, uh, I did a little something on officials uh, at the end of last week and kind of the status of officiating um, right now. There's still, I think they're about 90 short of the numbers from a year ago. Um, doesn't appear like they'll have any games in question um, because of lack of uh, officials. Just might mean there's some lower level games have a four man crew instead of a five man crew. Um, but the thing with uh, Lewis Central and Harlan is they're going to officiate with a seven man crew, and they're gonna they're going to see kind of how that works. Um, if that's something that uh, really is doable, um, and how well that works out in, in a you know a pretty competitive game with uh, two really good teams. And that might be something we see come about in the postseason. So this game, not only is it a big game between two really good teams, but there are some things on the periphery, um, you know, especially with the officiating that we might see changes down the road, depending on how this game turns out. So I'm kind of anxious to see how that all plays out, um, mm -hmm. especially having it being like, I know we have week zero games, but really to have this type of game and some of the things, you know, uh, going on on the, on the side, um, kind of interesting being right out, right out of the gate. And, and you bring up a really good point. Um, I with the lower number of officials, I wonder if one solution would be to maybe play more games on Thursday or maybe a few on Saturday to, uh, Know, to allow more crews, you know, maybe more games. And maybe that would be a better idea than just bagging some games here and there. Well, see, I, I think that's uh, – Louis Curtis also mentioned that there. he had talked to some officials that will be working two games on Friday night, six out of the nine regular season weeks. Wow. I mean, I, I don't think a lot of people understand that um, that's a lot of work. You know, and a lot of officials aren't spring chickens. Um, you know, obviously they're in better shape than me. Um, but you know, that's that's tough. And to to chase sophomores around for four quarters and then have to come back and, and do that um yeah. for the varsity game too, that that's pretty tough. So you might see that uh split up a little bit. There might be you know, um, some things moved uh, for that. The one thing that I think is interesting, retention is such a issue. And I don't think it's just officiating. I think it's in any walk of life right now. There's a lack of patience maybe of, you know, kind of putting in your dues, so to say. You know, uh, people expect, uh, you know, prime opportunities um, as soon as possible, you know, so you, you don't necessarily get somebody that uh, will work a certain level for two or three years and then, you know, play the long game, you know, so to say, so to speak. By, just, uh... expanding, by expanding the crews, 
you might give people an opportunity kind of satisfy them a little bit by, you know, getting them more experience and, and working with, you know, uh, top flight officials earlier in their career to kind of bring them along. So they do kind of get that, uh, you know, those type of uh, assignments and be able to learn from the experienced officials at the same time. So expanding to seven might help you know, even though you talk about lower numbers, it might help retain people because they're actually getting those opportunities with expanded crews. At least that's kind of one of my thoughts anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, KJ, you played the game. Um, just kind of going back to, to the West Kennedy game. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, it was really a back and forth game. It wasn't decided until the very end. Kennedy won that game 27-20. They went on to go ten and one. West went two and seven. How big is it to win game one? Is that I mean, how big of a tone setter is it? You know, that that's a really good question. I think it can work uh, a lot of different ways. It just depends on, you know, just kind of the mental fortitude of the guys you have. Um, I I really think you have to have a short memory. and really be able to walk away from the field, leaving the result there. Um, but like you said, it really can make an impact. You know, if you come out, you play hard and you still lose, I mean, that's something that, you know, it can grow like a cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it affects your confidence. It can affect your, your attitude. Uh, and your effort going forward, thinking, oh, we put in all this work, we still got beat. And then if you don't snap out of it and, you know, kind of rebound, uh, you carry that mentality into the next week. And it just kind of builds on top of itself. Likewise, you get that first one out of the gate, especially if it's a really competitive game, uh, you know, um, a game that, uh, you know, was kind of up in the air and you come out on the winning end of it that builds confidence that just kind of propels you into the next week and, and snowballs in the other direction. Um, so it really can be, uh, whether that was the case last year, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but you know, it, it can be, but as a coach, I think you're really trying to compartmentalize each week and to make sure, you know, uh, that doesn't linger if you don't come away with a win, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. But, but you know, it's a it's a, a big one, especially with, uh, you know, some of the, the schedules that teams have. Um, you know, the, the more you can kind of get out to success early on, uh, the better. Gotcha. JJ, we'll shift gears a little bit. Uh, you went out and you saw Jefferson in a practice a week or two ago. Obviously, they've got a lot of work to do. Uh, 0-9 last year. I think they've lost 13 in a row. New coach. Uh, what did you see out of the Jayhawks? A lot of running, <laughs> literally. Um, I got there maybe for the last, I don't know, 45 minutes of practice, and they went through their regular practice, and then, then it was uh, – Lots of sprinting, <laughs> and I mean everybody, linemen, uh, the big guys, the small guys. Uh, so I think 
you know, Coach Ed Miles, um, who played obviously football at Iowa and, and uh, uh, for a year in the NFL as well. It's kind of trying to build a, a culture there of, of uh, you know, accountability um, and, you know, the, the cliche, right? Hard work, uh, all that kind of stuff and, and giving your best effort. And, you know, like he said, I mean, if uh, you, you might not be the most talented kid, but if you uh, if you are, you know, accountable for yourself and your teammates and, uh, you know, you, you give your best effort on a daily basis and you're going to, you're going to play for me. Um, and if you can't uphold that those standards then um, you're not going to play, maybe it's best that you don't even go out. So, um, you know, we'll see, it, it's going to be a young team. I, I there's going to be some sophomores for sure that are going to play on the varsity and maybe even some freshmen. Um, you know, but I think, uh, just, just trying to gauge, um, you know, the, the kids and where they're at from, a, you know, from a mental standpoint, I think it kind of a, I don't know if breath of fresh air is the right way to say it, but, um, you know, they, they seem really genuinely excited about, you know, uh, where things are going and uh, not, not going to be an easy one, right. Playing, playing Washington on Friday night, which, you know, has, uh, which really put a number on them last year and, you know, has some, some pretty good players coming back. So, uh, I don't know what you guys thought, not to change the subject, but this little, um, uh, Ed Miles and, and Maurice Blue at Washington, this is the, these are the, the first two black head coaches in Metro football history, and they're matching up against each other. I think, you know, as an aside, I think that's pretty cool. Maybe, don't you guys agree? Maybe, maybe it's nothing, but I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, you, you looked at you look at uh, Jefferson's schedule. They they open Washington City High next week, so it's uh, they've um, they've got a tough couple of toughies right out of the gate. But then, yeah. you know, I think opportunity there, right, KJ? Maybe you would agree. Uh, a Tumwa, I think, is a game that they they could win, um, and maybe a couple others on the schedule. So uh, just just to get a win, some something positive, I think would would be uh, would really help <laughs> everything mm -hmm. over there. Yeah, but they, you know, they do have a tough uh, schedule overall. So, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, that that win column may not really show the progress. Yep. If that makes sense, yep. even even if even if they walk away the season without a win, it may not be indicative of kind of the growth that they may have because. Uh, you know, you, you talk about them opening with Washington. I think Washington's going to be really good defensively. Um, you know, I talking to Maurice Blue earlier. Um, you know, he really likes the skill guys they have, even though up front they're going to be kind of green. Um, I kind of got a kick out of uh, what he said when he mentioned they've graduated 900 pounds from the offensive line um, from last year. Um uh, but they start out with Washington. Uh, then they turn around and got City High. And you guys know uh, City High is going to be a force um, this year. They have a game against Davenport Central. Uh, and then you got Kennedy. And then you got Linmar. Um, you know, I think Waterloo West is okay. But, you know, uh, you get to that back half of the season. And if they kind of keep, uh, you know, the confidence up after – you know, that first half of the season, it wouldn't be out of the question for them to, you know, uh, 
maybe get one against the Tom or Waterloo West or Marshalltown, um, you know, in those three weeks. And then, of course, they end with Southeast Polk, which um, is kind of a tough one. But, you know, uh, I, I really uh, just kind of hesitate to put any kind of um, our, our success or how much we've gained is going to depend upon wins because I think you'll see the, the progress, even if it doesn't amount to wins yet. And I think uh, the, the foundation is being set um, for better things in, in Jefferson history. Uh, the one thing I'll mention too is I remember doing a story on when Maurice Blue was hired at, uh, as the head coach at Wash and how, how significant it was that, you know, the Cedar Rapids Metro schools um, had a person of color as a head coach. The, the feeling that I got from Mo was, you know, yeah, that's great, but he didn't necessarily like that kind of emphasis on what he was doing. Uh, but they're mindful of, you know, this is significant. It still amazes me that we've gone so long before this has actually happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? That before 2022, we hadn't seen, you know, a matchup of, you know, head coaches that were people of color. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I think it's a, mile, it's a milestone. It's something that's good. I mean, if you look at it now, the Cedar Rapids Community School District, two of their three head football coaches – are people of color. And I, I think there's progress there. I, I think that's something that, um, you know, it's their, their football coaches first, but, you know, it is, it is notable that we have uh, maybe we we're seeing a more inclusive environment of uh, leaders that, aren't just, you know, are, are just whitehead coaches, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. More representative of the student body. That, that's very true. That's very true. And that's something, you know, uh, you talk about inclusion, and I think that's one example where, you know, there's progress, um, mm -hmm. where things are being more inclusive. And that's a good thing. For sure. All right. Well, um, next topic, I guess, uh, all three of us did our ballots for our Gazette uh, preseason polls. Uh, those have been going uh, into the paper every day. Um, Reps of St. Mary's was the player number one. Um, class A was West Hancock, uh, 1A West Sioux, 2A. Uh, OAPCIG 3A was Harlan 4A uh, Lewis Central because they play each other uh, on Thursday and 5A. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and spoiler alert now, but uh, Ankeny O'Bear number one team in class 5A. When you guys kind of did your research, did you see any area teams that you thought that, that uh, uh, maybe were a little bit down last year that uh, you see making a really, really big leap this year? Great question. <laughs> uh, man, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I, 
can't find I know Anamosa did that a few years ago. They went from, you know, like one and eight to eight and one or nine and oh or something like that. I'm just to find a team that uh is gonna make you know that was way down is gonna be make a big jump this year. I was thinking uh I don't know, Cascade kind of caught my eye a little bit. And yeah. and I they didn't they make the playoffs all last year? Despite maybe a record under five hundred. Three and six. I think that's a team that could be quite a bit better. Yeah. Uh, Liberty was three and six last year. They yeah. could be better. That's a good um, one. Li- yeah. Liberty was one that kind of stood out where I think they have some talent to to kind of flip that around going from three to six to a six and three. Yeah. But I think James Harris is a really good coach, too. So uh, second year of his, you know, program, so to speak. So that that's a good one, boys. That, that's a real good one. I'd be really surprised if Iowa City West didn't make a big jump from two and seven. I, I would think they'd be – they'd win at least four or five games this year, maybe. Uh, so. Looking forward, uh, KJ, you'll get to see Jack Wallace tomorrow night. Uh, you know, he – 6'3", 210, just a sophomore, starting quarterback last year as a freshman. Um, right. I think Ken- Kennedy, uh, isn't Jacob Doyle, I think might be their their tailback. He's just a sophomore too. So uh, a battle of maybe a couple of pretty good sophomores tomorrow night. How, how will uh, Kennedy uh, fill the void that uh, when uh, uh, the running back, uh, Jazan Williams, went to, um, to Ankeny? What, uh, how, how's that going to work? Do they have anybody that uh, can fill that void? That's a good question. JJ, you alluded to the fact that it might be uh, Doyle that's at least uh, kind of shouldering part of the load there for. Yeah. I think that, isn't that DJ's son, KJ? You played against DJ, right? Yes. Yes, I did. And uh, he was an extremely good athlete that uh, actually at one point, he was uh, calling out the screen passes that we were getting ready to run uh, before we actually uh, ran them in a game, uh, uh, I believe his senior year, where he picked one of them off and ran it back for a touchdown. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Sorry about that. I've seen, I've seen DJ at a few uh, um, events and stuff like that. So it's good to see him and uh, makes me feel old that his son's suiting up. Uh, <laughs> For Kennedy, um, I covered. I, I went out and uh, did my preseason feature on Williamsburg for my two A story. Uh, you know, we documented quite a bit last year that they started zero three, eight in a row, got to the dome, uh, finished eight and four. The same three games, they uh, same three opponents as last year's start: Regina, Van uh, Meter, and um, Solon. Uh, my guess is that they don't go with three again. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win two of those games. Not sure which two, but uh, I think I think this is a really good Williamsburg team, and uh, real they've got a ton of speed. And um, uh, uh, the funny thing I found out was that the fastest kid in the whole on the whole team is their nose guard. So <laughs> and Owen Douglas. Yeah, Owen, so Owen Douglas. Yes. So. Yeah. Um, just your thoughts on, on Williamsburg. I think this is a team that uh, certainly could get back to the dome this year. 
you know, the, the thing about Williamsburg that I'll touch on, um, you know, every year you look at what they have and what they graduate and you think this is going to be a year where they might take a step back. And every year they seem to really kind of fill in those holes. And the the thing that I really love about Williamsburg is they're one of those no ego teams. If this is going to make sense and just follow mm -hmm. it, just follow me here where they will go out and play teams that, you know, might just kick their butt the first few weeks to prepare them for district play. And then we see an almost different team when they face different competition in, in district. They're willing to go out and play the toughest teams to, to start out with. We saw it the one year, didn't they go 0-3? No. They got beat by Western Dubuque, Solon, and Iowa City Regina out of the gate. And then from there on, they steamrolled everybody they faced, um, beat a couple of ranked teams um, to get to the dome. And at week three, you thought, oh, this is going to be a year where, you know, they're going to have to rebuild for the following season. And, you know, they really do a great job of kind of developing uh, players throughout the season. I mean, it's a testament to their coaching staff and it's a testament to the players that they have. Uh, and, and their ability to, to be coached and work hard uh, throughout the season. And, you know, um, there's been, been a lot of talent going through that program, too, when you look at <laughs> That you helps, know, too. Yeah, you know, Weisskopf's the latest one, uh, you know, already committed to the University of Iowa, and he's just, just a junior, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, just a, a program, a true program, you know, is going to be, um, very good and competitive every every single season. Uh, Cedar Rapids Xavier, uh, we haven't touched touched on them yet. Uh, got to the state finals again. Lost a triple overtime heartbreaker to Lewis Central in the finals. Um, you know, I, I I was under the impression this time last year that this was a team that was going to be down, and uh, they were they really really surprised me. Um, when what was it 11 and two? I think, um, at least my expectations are quite a bit higher this year than they were at this time. Um, what, what, uh, what are your thoughts on the Saints? Uh, you know, certainly, uh, look like a dome worthy team, dome worthy team again. Yeah, KJ, I mean, I know how much you love Aiden McDermott as an athlete and a, and a football player, and I got to think offensively a lot of what they're going to do is got to be revolving around him right i i would think so i mean he's a he's a playmaker um for them i i really liked uh his athleticism and you know you kind of saw them uh try to get the ball in his hands in in various ways last year the one thing that they had last year is alex neal uh yeah. really emerged as a as a really good quarterback and a playmaker for him um, I think Brody Hoffman is kind of the next guy under center for them. Can he do the same thing? I mean, we'll find out against Western Dubuque, um, but he's got some weapons around him. You got Michael Cunningham coming back. Um, you know, uh, the one thing too about Xavier that I think is always going to keep them competitive is what they do on the defensive side of the ball. 
Um, you've got uh, Thomas uh, Sundell back. Uh, you know, you've got McDermott back. You've got a good, good uh, nucleus of, of defensive players back to kind of lead the way. And um, I think that's what's going to keep them uh, uh, always one of those top five, top ten teams. Um, and then they'll they'll just kind of develop uh, what they need offensively. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go with uh, uh, quarterback and, you know, if they can get somebody to step up like Alex Neal did and, uh, you know, last season, especially in the postseason. I think, guys, too, that one thing that always really aids Xavier is the numbers. Um, I think I, I was counting everybody's roster numbers in, in the Metro uh yesterday and, and xavier's got i think between 55 and 60 kids again uh which allows you to do a lot of um two platoon uh not have guys maybe not as many guys or not many guys um you know play both ways and that keeps you fresh uh in my opinion i guess and uh, i think that that's a huge help and that's just a credit to the program that you know coach Schulte's obviously built there that uh, everybody wants to play football there, <laughs> you know, contribute to, to success. And it can, you know, that success just kind of builds off, off of itself every scene, every year. You know, you know, just one more thing about Xavier that I think is going to be a whole, I'm interested, interested to see Phil is Tristan Vasquez. Mm. You know, he wasn't necessarily somebody that really kind of jumped out uh, yeah, when you think of Xavier, you know, uh, as one of their top players. But, man, uh, he was a big target. He always Valid. seemed to come up clutch for him. And he he was a dang, dang good kicker. I almost said <laughs> something else. But he was a dang good kicker, too. Um, I think that's going to be somebody that might have been a little bit uh, um, maybe underappreciated from people outside the program that, um, you know, they're going to need somebody to kind of fill that role and, and be a, a big target, a big possession guy, somebody to come through, you know, in, in key situations. And, of course, you know, we, we've seen them, uh, you know, have good kicker after good kicker, but now they're going to need somebody to step in and, and continue that, uh, that role as well. Uh, a couple of Metro teams we haven't talked about yet. We'll hit on here quick. Uh, you know, seems like every year Cedar Rapids Prairie is pretty good. Uh, pretty darn good. And looks like they'll probably be that way this year. Probably a you know, six and three, seven and two type team. Uh, what do you guys see out of the Hawks? Yeah, I agree, Jeff. I lost some really, really good players. Um, you know, obviously everybody knows Gabe Burkle is at Iowa State now. Um, you know, Brandon Vlicko was a was a tremendous athlete and, and leader at quarterback. Uh, so they'll need to find a, a quarterback. Um, on the plus side, you know, you got Mikel Taylor at running back who rushed for, I think, 1,100 yards or so last year. He's back. Um, they're going to be big up front, as they always seem to be, um, you know, offensively on, on that line, that unbalanced line. So, and, and the numbers again, I think they're close to, to like 60 kids um, out on, on the varsity and a hundred. And I think coach Mark Bliss told me 140 in the program, um, you know, nine through 12. So, 
you know, that that's a lot of kids and, and a lot of kids want to be a part of that program as well. That's a tribute to coach and, um, you know, tough schedule starting out. What PV was yeah. Valley, you know, Cedar Falls, I think is in the first three games. Um, Southeast Polk again, early. If I remember. Uh, that's, that's about October. Uh, okay. Bettendorf is, I think Bettendorf maybe. Okay. Okay. But yeah. Um, Gonna have to find some solutions. I, I think pretty early in the season with, with the schedule that that Prairie has. Yeah, uh, they go to PV uh, Friday, and then it's Senior Home at Cedar Falls at Bettendorf, then Atumwa Waterloo West at home, Southeast Polk there at Iowa City West, and Linmar at home, which which should be one of those games that uh, you know the winner might get to host a first round game. And, the loser might have to go on the road. It's kind of the way it went last year. Yeah, and you know, Linmar, Linmar with uh, you know had a renaissance type season last year <laughs> under uh, you know Coach Tim Lovell in his first year. Um, you know, so we'll see if if uh, the Lions can back things up for a second straight year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and not being able to play at home at least uh, at least halfway for the first half of the season because of the the turf issues at their stadium and that just yeah. seems to follow poor coach level around remember at marion it's the same yeah, thing Mary. a couple of years ago with the derecho destroyed thomas park and, and they didn't have a place to play so yeah somebody needs to give that dude a four leaf clover maybe i don't know yeah well yeah so, I mean, so Lynn will be playing his first home game at prairie right yeah yes yeah and three of the three of their first four were on the road so uh, I guess if anything good came out of this whole thing with their turf, and then that was it that, you know, they only had to, at least for now, have to, had to find one, uh, one place to play a home, a home game. So. And uh, Marion, they'll be playing at Thomas Park every year. Um, and uh, Alex Moda going to be this year. Slot receiver. Yeah. Slot receiver. That's uh, he's going to be a receiver in college, um, which I think played a part in the, in this decision. And you know, quite frankly, he 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 told me that he just went to to his coaches and said, you know, I don't, I'm not a quarterback. I'm not comfortable playing quarterback. I don't think I serve the team maybe as well being a quarterback. Um, they've got a promising sophomore uh, named Deers, I believe his name is. Um, big tall kid that apparently can can fling it around pretty well so uh they're going to try and get him the ball in in space moda that is uh which i think is where he's most effective don't you agree kj yeah i mean that's uh you know i'm, I'm sure the reason why he was at quarterback was so the ball was in his hands mm-hmm. and try to use his athleticism now yep. if you can try to spread things out and and kind of isolate them uh there there aren't going to be a lot of uh, players that are going to be able to man up uh, on him one-on-one. So you're really kind of uh, allowing him to kind of create some things by getting into space. And um, I'm assuming that's, uh, that's how he'll thrive, um, you know, in this position and, and stuff. And Clear Creek, Amana right away. Is that right? I think for Marion. Yeah, they go down to Tiffin. Boy, you—I think you—you you taught you brought it up, uh, guys, about how important that's that first game. 
how about that last year, right? You know, Marion and Clear Creek, and like Marion led that game um, almost the whole way, and then Clear Creek found a way to win it in the end. Clear Creek, man, and you know, uh, went on to yeah, have a really, like a really good or season. block or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, CCA went on to have a really, really good season and uh, a really good team, and, and Marion, you know, didn't recover from that loss and, and didn't have a, a real good season. So it kind of goes back to what, you know, you guys were talking about a little earlier on, on the importance of the first game sometimes. Yeah. yeah, if you can get that win, you know, it really can propel you and uh, you hope you can kind of minimize uh, the effect if you don't come out on top. But, um, you know, we talked about some of the, the tough schedules. You know, we talked about Jefferson having a tough schedule. You know, Marion uh, – they're at Clear Creek Amanda. Then they have uh, Cedar Rapids, Washington, um, Benton, which had a big season last year. Um, you know, um, then you've got DeWitt Central. And of course, uh, in the middle of their season, they've got Western Dubuque, Waverly Shell Rock, and Decorah. I think Waverly Shell Rock is going to be really good this year. Uh, Decorah was uh, uh, strong a year ago. Um, I think Mason City's also in that schedule for Marion and Mason city had a kind of an eye-opening win against Western Dubuque last year in the postseason, I believe. So um, kind of a tough slate for Marion, but we'll see how, how they kind of rise to that challenge here on Friday. Yeah. Yep. So JJ, you'll be at Kinnick on, uh, on Friday. KJ will be at, you've got Kingston, right? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm setting up shop uh, all week at Kingston. So I'll have Kennedy and West on Thursday, and then I'll have uh, Jeff and Wash the East-West rivalry um, on Friday night. Okay. I'll be at Williamsburg for, uh, for Regina and Williamsburg, and what the game I think is going to be terrific. Um, yeah. You know, fr from uh, – you're sitting and watching the game and uh, taking your stats and doing your Twitter and all that. You kind of be keeping an eye on, you know, either area-wise, metro-wise, or statewide. Good question. Um, man, that game, I, they kind of ruined it. Like KJ said, that game tomorrow night uh, with, with San Louis Central and Harlan. Uh, yeah. That would be the one right off the top of my head that that would have been great. Um, boy, I'm just kind of scrolling down here. Go, feel free to chime in, boys, while I'm looking here. I'm just no, looking I, to see what's going on in Central Iowa with some of those teams. Um, oh, let's see here. Uh, Webster City Humboldt. Uh, that'll be a pretty good one on Friday. Dowling Southeast Polk. Um, there you go. Southeast Polk and Dowling. Yep. Um, Urbandale Johnson will be a pretty good game. I think so. Uh, do uh, Valley and Milwaukee Northwest play each other right away? Yes, they do. Um, Cedar Falls and Johnston. Yeah. Another one. Uh, you know, kind of crossing Central Iowa, Eastern Iowa. Um. Yeah, right, right off the right off the bat, right, guys. Got some pretty good games going on statewide, so that's good. You know, in our in our area, somewhat in our area, one that I, I'm kind of intrigued about, just because I I think um, 
Well, a couple of them that I, I think could be kind of interesting. One, um, maybe New Hampton MFL. Uh, I think New Hampton might be a little bit improved. Um, we got you know, number 10 in 2A. You know, yeah. MFL's, uh, you know, had some really good, you know, they've got to, uh, they've got to replace the, the, the Mick brothers. What was it? Magoo and, um, <laughs> oh, I, I'm blanking on the other, uh, uh, other player. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, they've got to replace those two. That one kind of is interesting. And then, uh, you know, what? <laughs> For some reason, uh, you know, West Delaware and Waller. I think Waller might be a little improved from uh, a year ago. Um, and I think there's some big, big high expectations with uh, West Delaware. But uh, interested to see uh, kind of where Waller's at uh, um, coming into the season. I'm looking at uh, Wapsie Valley Denver is another one that kind of catches my eye. Um, I think a couple of really good teams up there a little north and a little north of us, Waverly and Wacon. Um, you know, we'll see how Wacon rebuilds after losing so many really good players off last year's team. So, yeah, no shortage of good teams. Yeah, Northland Albernet. There's another one. I think Albernet will be a, uh, a good team. Yeah. So, um, Class 5A, it's been, I think it's 12 years in a row now that uh, Central Iowa has won the, the big school championship. Who would you say is the team most equipped to crash the party and maybe get into that final four or maybe get to the championship game? I, I guess right now I would say Pleasant Valley. Um, your thoughts? I, I agree with you. I, I think I, the first thought is Pleasant Valley with the guys that they have coming back from from last year, um, you know, that was a team that uh, – did they play in the semifinals last year? No. Uh, Pleasant they, Valley got beat by uh, – they were upset pretty early, weren't they? Oh, okay. If I remember right, maybe not. Uh, 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 City High. Uh, City High was in the, the semis. But, right. Uh, yeah. Pleasant Valley with the team that they had coming back and the talent, um, I think I had them ranked uh, uh, highest out of the Eastern Iowa teams um, coming into this season. Um, you know, I had them number two behind Ankeny, actually. Uh, and then City High. I think uh, uh, City High has a lot of a lot of talent. We know they've uh, added some, some players uh, from a year ago. Um, and then you always have Ben Keeter, who's – you know, an outstanding athlete. Um, Superman. Just, we just call yeah. him Superman. I think we probably could. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he's got a heck of a motor, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And um, I think those are the first two teams that, that kind of come to mind. And then, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see how Kennedy uh, kind of progresses a, a little bit. Um, but – you know, they're they're also in the conversation, I think. Mm -hmm. But definitely Pleasant Valley uh, leading the way with City High close behind. Yeah, I would put those two probably the teams, the 1A and 1B in Eastern Iowa. I think the next uh, tier is probably Kennedy Prairie, maybe Lenmar, Cedar Falls. 
It's probably how I would rate uh, thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was just looking here. Valley beat Pleasant Valley in the quarterfinals yeah. last year, forty to fourteen. Yeah. So, Quarter, I, I, I guess if that describes the gap <laughs> between <laughs> Eastern Iowa and, and Central Iowa, uh, probably as well as anything is that that score in that game. So, yeah. All right. Uh, closing thoughts. Anything? Well, uh, anything? Last, uh, you know, last thoughts of the the week going into Thursday and Friday. Well, hey, did you want to do the Survivor contest? Yeah, let's do that. So here, here's what we'll do. We'll say pick a game. At least one area team has to be, or one of the, the winner or loser has to be an area team um, that you're most sure of the outcome. And once you use those two teams, you can't use them again all season. And we'll see if any, who, can, uh, who can go the longest. All right. KJ, you want to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Sure. You say KJ or JJ? K KJ with a K. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I'll start uh, right out of the gate. I'll I'll go with uh, Washington over Jefferson. Okay. Uh, I'll be at that game. Jefferson folks can give me a hard time if they want, but um, <laughs> I'll go with uh, Washington uh, as a lock out of the gate um, at Kingston. JJ, you're up. Oh man, put the heat on. Uh, dang, this is tough. Uh, let's go. I'm gonna go uh, Independence over Makokita. Okay. Kind of a bizarre, kind of bizarre, but you know, I'll, I'll stick with it. Okay, I'll go Lindmar over Muscatine. All right. Sounds good. Okay, so. All right, so we're going to have to keep track. And, uh, Is somebody keeping track so we know we're not uh, treading over old picks? Right there. You got it. All right. How about if we go uh, all? That, that way I can't cheat later. I'm, I'm probably <laughs> the one that would cheat out of the three of us. So. <laughs> How about if we? Uh, how about if we intersperse classes? Say, say you can't use the same class until you've already That's gone fine. through all the classes. That's fine. We yeah. can do that. That'll work. Little kick, little kink in it. So yeah, I like that. Sounds good. Well, I think with that we'll call it a day. Um, thanks for everybody for joining us, and uh, we'll uh, see you next week. And KJ will let you close. All right. Like always, guys, keep your head on a swivel. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.